You're now listening to the Bad Guy Radio production of Sox Fans with Attitude, featuring Ken W.O. and your boy King Mac. What's up, King Mac? I appreciate it. How you doing? This is King Mac with Ken W.O. You're listening to White Sox Fans with Attitude. This is basically a show about baseball and uh, some trash talk and some good times, telling some stories. So uh, what you like to say, Ken Wu? What's going on, King Mac? How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Yeah. Ah, I've been better. This Eloy news has gotten me shook a little bit, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it got a lot of people shook. But, you know, the good thing is it's, it's some options out there if they want to, you know, go that route. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely got some options, but I don't think any option that's out there is going to be as impactful as Eloy would be. So hopefully we get, we find an option that could pick up some of the pieces and, and move forward with that, you know? Yeah. We, we losing possibly 40 bombs and a hundred RBIs and, you know, a decent batting average, but uh, at least they do got the rookie Vaughn. So we'll see what happens with that. But I do agree, they taking a risk as far as, you know, putting him out there in left field, a position he never played before. Yeah, that's my thing. Uh, you're putting him out there. He's never played left field, not in college, not in the minors, and you're going to throw him out there with uh, a week to go before opening day and hope hope and pray that he can handle the outfield, which is totally new to him. I know he shagged some balls in, uh, in Schaumburg last year or whatever, but, I mean – that's a whole total different story than playing at game speed. So that wouldn't be my choice to go with Andrew Vaughn out and left, at least not at this time. Um, I, I think there's better options out there either on the team already in, in a Leary Garcia, at least for a little while um, or at, until Adam Engel's ready to go or, uh, or if they can hit the free agent market and hopefully find somebody there or even the trade market, you know? Well, I think the trade market is going to be difficult because they kind of thin as far as prospects, as far as, like, getting an impactful bat. But I do think there's some options out there with free agency. I was a guy who thought they should have went after uh, Yassiel P last year. And then uh, I think right now I would probably just put Vaughn at DH and, you know, roll with Engel until they can find something better. I wouldn't risk losing another back when you're already kind of thin. You know, that's just my opinion. And I don't trust Zach Collins. You know, I'm not a big Zach Collins fan. So, Yeah, no, me either. I mean, he's looked good in the spring. I'll give him that. But if, you, uh, if you're if you going to put him out there to DH and, and maybe sacrifice Vaughn to injury or struggles because he's trying to do to, to learn this new position while he's fit, you know, pitching over single A, uh, that's a lot on his plate. So I don't know if it's the best idea to roll with him out there. And and just to get Zach Collins bat in the lineup when that's not a sure thing either, you know what I mean? Um, I like what you said with Yasiel Puig. I think he would be the guy. I don't know how much his legal problems are um, clouding this uh, the signing for him or not, 
But I think he would be the guy, even if he's not Yasiel Puig that he was on the Dodgers, pretty good year in 2019. I mean, he was decent. Um, other than that, you, you, you're looking at, you know, maybe going with Joanna Cespedes, hoping that he can, you know, stay healthy, which he hasn't proven to do in about it's that's like me out there. This guy gets sore when he gets out of bed, like I do, you know, <laughs> and you're going to count on this dude to come out there and go play every day or almost every day in outfield. I don't see that happening. So then it's like, I also saw Ryan Braun is out there. Now he had a good 2019, but he's 37 years old. Can he play the outfield like that? What do you think? Yeah, I don't think, um, Braun is a good option. I, I don't, hmm. uh, I don't he's older. His best years was kinda like the steroid years. Uh he did have a good twenty nineteen, but I wouldn't go with um, Ryan Brown. I would rather go with Yasiel. I mean, to me, that's a good choice. He's still kinda, you know, young as far as baseball wise. He still got some athletic ability and uh he'll probably be, you know, good defensively out there and he'll also be uh just a great choice, man, as far as his bat and where he can fit in in the lineup as far as, you know, probably batting somewhere around six, seven, you know, won't be too much acts of him, you know. Sure, it's not like he's trying to be the hero in the lineup, you know. He'd just be a decent bat that can hit about 280 and hit some home runs here and there and and play. He could play right, obviously, and left, and he's even faked it in center for a little bit if you need him, you know what I mean? So I, I, I agree. I think he'd be great. Um, I don't think that these other guys are ready to go. I've seen some people on Twitter calling for Micker Adolfo and, and, and Rutherford and these guys. And I, I mean, they just, they haven't hit at double A. So how are they going to come up and hit in the major leagues? I don't see that going down. Yeah. Adolfo, he can't stay healthy in the minor leagues. So, right. you know, imagine putting them in the major leagues with really, a limited experience as far as professional baseball go because he haven't been able to stay healthy. And then Rutherford, I mean, I, that's that's a guy you really not going to like. I mean, he's like a, a magical type in the outfield. You know, he's a guy that's just going to hit some doubles and some line drives. He really don't have that much power. I mean, that was the question when he came out of high school was, could he ever develop power, you know, and he never really uh, developed that. And a lot of people was comparing him to um, – uh, Yelich at the time, but uh, right. he never turned into that, you know. So, and his minor league numbers haven't been great. I was a fan actually of Rutherford, but his yeah. his minor league numbers hasn't been that great. No, and, and then I saw people on there, you know, wondering about the younger Cespedes that we signed, but this dude hasn't played in two years. Like <laughs> they're saying, he made big strides over those two years, but he hasn't seen game action since 2018, I think it was. Um, so I don't know how you could say, okay, you're going to go out there, you know, not right away at least. Uh, I kind of wish uh, I kind of wish we could pay a little extra money to get that Oscar Colas to come over right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think he'll be ready neither, but he, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely will hit some bombs though, you know. <laughs> but sure, I, I think uh, – they need to let Cespedes play a, at least a year in the minors, see what he can do over here. I think the best option, like, I, you know, I go back to is Yasiel because it's just nobody in the minor league system 
that's ready right now for the White Sox when it comes to the outfield. You look at Adolfo, he stays injured. You look at Rutherford, big question mark with his bat, um, especially, you know, having any type of power whatsoever. And it wasn't like he was, like, magical where he could hit for a high average. He never, he wasn't really doing that in the minors either. So it's like, what are you getting there? You know, you're not getting too much. And then, you know, people think, you know, baseball is just microwave where you can just disappear for a couple of years and you can come back and play. It doesn't work that way. I mean, it really takes a lot of work, time, and effort, you know, to be good at this game. So I don't see the younger Cespedes, you know, being any good right now. You know, hopefully right. down the line, yeah, but not right now. Right, I agree. And and you know what? People say, well, then you're going to just sign somebody that's, you know, only until Angle comes back or only until Eloy comes back and then they'll be gone. But when if you think about it, Adam Eaton, I love Adam Eaton, but he has a problem staying healthy. And then Lewis Robert, last year he stayed healthy, but in the minor leagues, he gets injured a lot too. So I think there's going to be playing time to go around for all these guys. And, and the part with throwing Leary Garcia out there is you got three infielders that tend to get hurt too. So he can't back up everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's one of the major issues. I don't think a lot of people looked at with the White Sox. If you look at their superstars or the players that you're depending on, none of them really stay healthy. I mean, you look at Eloy, you know, he had his injury problems before this, despite the fact he keeps doing stupid shit. He already yeah. had, you know, an injury problem. And then you look at Robert, like you said, he really has never been healthier for a year in the minor leagues. You look at Mankata, he's not really a, a model citizen of health either. You know, right. and you look at Tim Anderson, you know, like you said, last year was really the only year where you can say he kind of stayed uh fully healthy. I mean, really. He, he was hurt last year, too, at yeah, the beginning yeah, of the yeah, year. Yeah, he was hurt last year. And then even my guy, Magical, he got hurt. You know, last year sliding in the third base. The only really dependable player we've had that we depend on is Jose Abreu. He's the only one that consistently kind of stays healthy, consistently put up the numbers you expect him to put up. So, you know, I think when you really look at the full picture, we could have a problem, you know, with health, you know, and it's not going to be easy. Now that Eloy is already gone, it's not going to be easy to fill those holes. Right. And, and with Ingle gone to start the year too. So that's, that's your main guy that you would, you know, your fourth guy, he's gone. So now you're down to Leary and you got to pray that nobody gets hurt in the field, you know, and, and that, or you're going to put a guy out in left field that's never played there before, who probably isn't as good as Eloy. Everybody's on Eloy for being not that great. <laughs> this guy's probably worse. Cause if he was good, he would have been out there. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. they would have stuck him out there in the in the minor leagues or something. But yeah, and Eloy would have been the DH then. <laughs> but you know, Eloy needs to stop messing around with the goofy shit because that's that's the only way he's get he gets hurt is tumbling into the net and and karate kicking the wall on a ball that's thirty feet over the fence. I was at that game when he did that, <laughs> and now he did this thing uh, yesterday hanging on the wall. And Rick Hahn could say it was the impact of the wall and all that. It wasn't. It was when he was hanging. That's what tore it, you know. Um, at least that's what I think. Well, I agree so, with you. I mean, at first, you know, when you first said, you know, Eloy needs to stop being goofy. 
on Twitter, I didn't agree with you. I was like, you know what? It probably keep the guys loose. But then last year, that net incident where he allowed an inside the park home run, I was like, you know what? This is this is terrible. This is something that you can't really have on a winning team is a lackadaisical attitude where, you know, it's just blah, blah, blah. I'm out here just goofing around. You can't have that, you know. So hopefully this is a lesson for him to stop doing it. But at this point, I really think the White Sox, they invested in him now. I think they need to look at him as a full-term DH and um, find somebody to play left field, you know, permanently. I don't disagree like uh, going into next year, but then the problem becomes, you know, who, who's the odd man out? Are you going to get rid of Abreu because he's an older guy? But here we just talked about Abreu is the guy that you can rely on that stays healthy. That's out there every day, you know, and he's been doing that for years, except for when he had the twisted testicle. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can't get like rid of to get him out of the lineup. You can't get rid of your MVP, man. I mean, like I say, it's an old saying and I know people hate, cliches as they say but if you look at the back of a braille baseball card you see nothing but production so exactly. you can't get rid of this guy for unknown i mean everybody thinks Vaughn is going to be great but we don't know but we do know jose abreu is great so why would you get something that get rid of something that already is in a hopes that this guy could be what you already have so to me that makes no sense and i think right. abreu he means a lot to the team as far as like he's an elder statesman and I know people think chemistry don't matter or they think um you know leadership ability doesn't matter well some people I'm not gonna say all but Abreu matters to that standpoint he taught those young guys how to kind of be professionals and especially the Cuban players and seeing that the White Sox are signing more and more Cuban players I think they need to keep you know Jose Abreu around for a while right so then you're looking if Abreu's around, then where's Vaughn going to play or Eloy? One of those guys is the odd right? I mean, yeah. one of them has to go. You can't – if Vaughn is that good that he can hit and Eloy can hit, we know that, and they don't want none of them to – you know, if Vaughn can't hack it in left and Eloy can't hack it in left, one of them's going to have to go. That's true. I mean, one of them will have to go. I mean, I personally think – at this point, you know, you will probably get more value for Vaughn, but I just right. don't see the White Sox getting rid of him because he's so young. Um, that bat, I mean, as far as, like, his bat-to-ball skills and his power, you know, that's that's tantalizing, you know, for a team to have. So I don't really see them getting rid of him. And I don't see anybody really – I mean, I know we think that the contract Eloy got was a bargain – but I don't see any other team like, well, let me be in a rush to take that premature extension because can this guy even stay uh, healthy, you know? Right, and he'd be a DH. So, you yeah. could, you know, DH don't get that much money on the market. I mean, Eloy is a young hitter and he's a stud. Don't get me wrong. I love Eloy. Mm. But, you know, you might find it a little hard to get anything of value for him under that contract already, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Eloy is a stud as well, but the main thing about baseball is being able to stay on the field. And that's the right. same thing I say about Mankata. None of that talent matters if he can't show up 
on the field on a consistent basis. And that's what being great is about, is being consistent. You look at any great player, they was consistent, they stayed healthy. Those are the two ingredients. So you can't be a great player if you can't stay healthy and you can't be consistent. So right, to me, exactly. the White Sox have to find a, a, a dependable guy in left field because we already know that Eloy is not good out there in left field because he just, for whatever reason, he likes doing goofy shit. And then also he's just not a good fielder. I mean, he's just not good. I mean, sometimes he even almost get, you know, Lewis, uh, Robert hurt because he's somewhere where he shouldn't be. So, you know, it's just time to get him out of that position. And the good thing for the White Sox is early. So, you know, that this guy's a DH. So just make the transition and, let him be. Let him be your DH. You know, right, right. And the sad thing is, I mean, he he's not as awful as people we've seen out there. Like, and he hits enough where he could cover that spot. Like Albert Bell, he was not a good left fielder, but he hit the shit out of the ball, and nobody cared if he played a great left field or not. Manny he, Ramirez, he yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't kill anybody, and. They caught the ones that were at him, and they usually held them to – if it was a single, they usually held them to a single. You know, they didn't give up an extra base when they didn't have to. But my guy – you know, I love Dayon Vicieto. I know I'm in the minority there. I liked him. <laughs> but that dude was terrible in the outfield. Eloy's not that bad. No. You know, I saw White Sox Dave say Eloy's the worst one he's ever saw. He must have skipped when uh, Dayon was out there because he was absolutely brutal. He would cause a single into a double, double into a triple consistently. And Eli doesn't necessarily do that, you know, but he does this goofy stuff every once in a while that gets him hurt. And like you said, Robert's at risk and Anderson on, you know, pop up. That hasn't happened yet, but it could, you know, and I, I don't want to see that happen. So, you know, I kind of agree that unfortunately he's going to have to move into the DH and, and then Vaughn is going to be, you know, he'll be there. Is he going to play a lot? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, it seems like they gonna, they they just going to stick him out there in left field and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. The one thing about now, I believe in defense, so I think every position on the field matters defensively. You know, it can, it can cost you a game, but left field is not a position that. You know, you have to be great in, you know. It's a position you can kind of squeak by as long as a guy can catch, you know, the the, the regular fly balls and get to a couple of balls. He don't have to be a gold glover out there, but he just got to be able to make the routine plays. That's the word I'm looking for. Absolutely. So if he can do that, I think he'll be fine. I just question him because he's been a first base baseman predominantly. So right. how athletic is he? And it's a new position. So do he even understand? Like, you know what? It's certain areas I don't need to roam because Robert is right there. So I don't right. need to go over there and, and possibly get this guy hurt. You know, so it's a lot that goes into it than just sticking a guy out there. You know, they also have to understand that territory, the territory that they're roaming out there in the field. They have to understand what it what it is that's that's required of them. And he's Absolutely. been a first baseman. So, you know, to me, it, it's kind of, you know, scary, honestly. It's kind of iffy, you know, because you just don't know what, you, what you're going to get out there. And 
the White Sox is primed to have a good season. I mean, we got a, a heck of an offense. We got Absolutely. Tim Anderson. We got Abreu. We got Moncada. We got Grandel. I mean, we, we have a pretty, pretty good offense. I mean, the pitching staff, especially now with Lynn, is shaping up to be pretty good uh, within itself. And we got a great bullpen. I know you, you know, you want your boy Colomay back, but we got a great, we got a great, uh, bullpen. So I think, you know, this injury just kind of puts a little damper on it, but we still yeah. got a, a good team, you know? Yeah. I, I, I just got to say, like, today was the worst I felt in a spring training game since Robin Ventura went down in 1997. Cause mm. that was a year we were all piped that one too you know we just got albert bell we, we were all excited to go and uh ventura came up hurt and we know how that ended up so hopefully i think like you said i think we got enough that we could cover it we could get by um but i hope it doesn't turn out like that then you know yeah i hope, I hope so as well you know i think the difference is going to be the pitching staff this year you know we got you know three strong starters which is good. We got uh, Dallas, we got Gelito, and we have um, Lynn, and then we got a pretty strong bullpen. So, I mean, I think we have a, a better team than we had last year, and then I think we got a more experienced team as well. And then if, you know, Mankata can just be similar to the version he was in 2019, that's an upgrade as well because he wasn't, that good last year you know yeah he didn't do nothing last year so yeah um uh, that has to happen now he has to <laughs> yeah he so has to you, step up you know yeah who do you think uh who do you think is going to be the mvp of the white Sox this year i'm going with tim anderson the, the popular answer you know i thought it was kind of funny that uh Tony LaRusso called him the best player on the team, so that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Like, man, maybe he sees something special in this kid. And mm-hmm. I always kind of believe in Tim Anderson. A lot of people give me shit because I said uh, I believed in Tim Anderson's season in 2019 more than I believe in Moncada's season. But I just like Tim Anderson's attitude, his aggressiveness, his aggressiveness, the way he goes about his business. It's a different. I mean, to me. Moncada sometimes is like, uh, you know, blase, skippy, you know, kind of lackadaisical out there. And I know people will say, well, it's different ways to play the game, which is true. But when a guy goes hard, it's just something to say about that. It's like you can see it. It stands out. So I always believe in in T.A. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Tim Anderson. Okay. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, like you said, Larusa to said that uh, he's their best player and all that. But my pick is still going to be Jose Abreu, and it's because just what we said at the beginning: the dude comes out and he puts up numbers every single year, year in year out. And for years now, people have been saying uh, somebody puts out a poll. I forget who does it on on Twitter, and it's who's going to lead the Sox. And every year they pick a flavor of the month that they think is going to lead the Sox in home runs. And every year I pick a Brayu, and he's usually the guy that does it, you know, because he's he's consistent and he plays. So until that doesn't happen, I'm still gonna pick him. <laughs> and uh, 
Well, coming been, off that big year last year, I think he's primed for an even bigger year this year. Oh yeah, I mean he's been the best player on the White Sox now. You know, since he's been here, since he's got here, even when Paul Konerko was still on the team, he was the better player. So, you know, you got to give your respect to Abreu because he's been doing his job since he's been here. And I mean, to be honest, he's the one player that I fully trust that I know he's going to show up and do what he does in the season. You know, other guys is kind of like, well, they had a good two years or they had a good year or, well, he's a rookie and he's highly touted, but you really don't know what he's going to do, but you know what Jose Abreu is going to do. You know, you're going to get anywhere from 280 to 300 batting average. You know, you're going to get anywhere from 30 bombs to 40 bombs. You know, you're going to get anywhere from a hundred RBIs to 150 RBIs. So, you know that you can pencil that in. And uh, absolutely, it's not too many guys on the team that you can say that about. You know, it's not like you can go to Moncada and just pencil something in. You can't even go to my guy Magico and pencil nothing in, even though I think you'll be able to pencil in 300 consistently. <laughs> but uh, he's the only one that you can say has done it over the years consistently, you know. Right. So, right. so who do you feel is going to be the Cy Young this year for the White Sox? Oh man, I think. Well, <clears throat> I, I I'm gonna have to go with Giolito. Part of me wants to go with Lance Lynn because you know Lance Lynn's my kind of guy. He's a big bone guy. You know he's gonna throw 200 innings, and I think he's gonna be really good. Um, but Giolito last year in the playoffs, he showed me something with his attitude. He was pitching in big games. He did an awesome job against Oakland at the end of the year. Um, and that kind of opened my eyes because before that, I kind of was a little hesitant with him in big games because, you know, we didn't play in too many big games. And you could consider like opening day and Cubs games like our big games in the rebuild years. Right. And he never really performed in those. But, man, when he got out there against the A's, he tore it up. And I, I, li- I just like that uh, that attitude and, and aggressiveness with his pitching. That he that he showed. So I'm gonna have to go with him. With Lance Lynn being one B, I think he was a great pickup, and I think he's gonna have a nice year. Um, but I think those two are are above the rest by far. Well, I'm gonna go with the uh, the favorite right now. I guess on White Sox Twitter would be Cease. So really? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Cease to be the Cy Young of the White Sox. Uh, I think my brother from another mother, as I like to call him, uh, <laughs> Father Zoe, I think he chose uh, Cease as well. But I just think when you throw that hard and you have that devastating of an all-speed pitch, that mm-hmm. you should be successful. Now, whether he could put it all together or not, that's a different story. But I'm just going with Cease because I think, you know, this new pitching coach seems like, you know, he have – the ear of his staff. And it's kind of like a new blood thing where, you know, Coop is out and this guy's in. So, you know, maybe he can, um, maybe Cats, you know, can bring the best out of him. Maybe he's a better communicator to Cease than uh, than uh, Coop was. So I'm going to roll with Cease. But to be honest, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Giolito. He just has, you know, Devastating stuff. It seems like he didn't figure it out now. It seems like he know 
knows what his best pitches are, you know, and he knows what pitch to throw and what count. It seemed like the mental aspect of his game has went to, to, to a whole different level. It's like he's a completely different pitcher than he was, you know, two years ago or a year and a half ago. I mean, he's just totally taking it to another level. And he actually shocked me because I remember when Giolito and Lopez had came up. Lopez, the first year, was actually the better pitcher. And now, you know, he didn't kind of fell off. And Giolito has taken it to another level. Yeah, you're 100% right, man. Uh, Lopez he was the better pitcher and he, and I remember people talking about extending him and giving him a contract back then after his first year. And boy, am I kind of glad they didn't necessarily do that now. Cause he, like you said, he did fall off. He never took that step forward. And, and I mean, Jay Leto putting it plainly, he sucked. He, he was terrible <laughs> that first year he was yeah, out there. I think he had a five some ERA, but I could yeah. be wrong, but I know it was up there, you know? Yeah, he was brutal. And then, uh, he did. He put it together, and last year I thought he took it even to another level than he did the year before. And I know some people I'll say um, James McCann had something to do with that, and he probably did, but I don't think that's going to really affect him as people do. I think he'll be able to throw to Grandel or whoever, you know, and he'll he'll do just fine because I think he, like you said, mentally he reached that next level. Yeah, I think he just locked in. I mean – when you watch him go out there on the mound, he's not timid. It seemed like his first year, at least with the White Sox, I didn't really see him with the Nationals. I don't, even, I don't know how many innings he threw with him, but I didn't see him with the Nationals. It just seemed like now he's not timid at all. It seems like he knows what he's doing. When he first got here, it seemed like he was a little timid. You didn't yeah. see the emotion that he's showing now on the mound. It's like he took his, like I say, his mental game, to an entirely different level, and you see it on the field. It make it's making a difference. And as far as like Lopez, it kind of got me thinking now. As a short guy, you know, I love the the small guys on the baseball field. You know, but I don't know. I don't think small pitchers is a good thing now. After seeing what's going on with Fulmer and then what's going on with uh Lopez now, it might be a little something to that. You know. Yeah, that's always been a thing. Is uh. They want their pitchers over over a certain size nowadays, right? Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule, but it hasn't happened on the Sox. <laughs> That's true. And it's and it, and it's called an exception for a reason. I mean, it's not the norm. So, you know, everybody like numbers. So I, I always like to say, if you like numbers, why everybody pick out the exception instead of what's, you know, what the numbers say is actually, you know, probable or, or is or, or could happen, you know, so – I Absolutely. think, you know, I wouldn't take a small picture now. You know, I, w- I wouldn't do it, you know. And that's another thing about Vaughn is, too, you know, going to, to Vaughn and switching off the pitches a little bit is he's kind of small for a first baseman, you know. I'm used to seeing guys, you know, that's at least six feet, but six one, six two, six three. I mean, if Vaughn is six feet, I think they they put some heels on him when he uh, – <laughs> When he went to take his measurement, man, because I don't know. It's not looking like it, you know. Oh, man, they had a picture I saw of, I think, I want to say it was Abreu, and then Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. And Gavin Sheets, like, towers over both of them, but Abreu towers over Vaughn, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, man, this dude's the first baseman. He's so small compared to these other guys, you know? Man, he is small. But I will say I watched him at first 
a couple of games in uh, spring training, and he could, he could pick the ball, though. I will say that. You know, he, he had some pretty good hands as far as, like, when guys were throwing in the dirt. He would, he would, get, he would dig them out, though, so. It, it looked it looked good as far as you know his his glove work you know, but he's right. a small I, guy. I got a question for you, Mac. What do you think now? I think it was clear that going into the year that the Sox offense was their biggest their biggest strength. What do you think is the biggest strength now on the team? Is it still the offense or or is it not? Because I'm kind of torn now. I will go to pitching staff now. You know, yeah. with the bullpen, I will put the bullpen one. If I had to, you know, kind of do an order, I will put the bullpen one, the offense mm-hmm. two, and the starting pitchers three. That that's okay. the way I would do it. You know, I think each group is strong, but the thing is, the bullpen could handle an injury, right? But I don't think the starting staff could handle an injury. And now I don't think the offense could handle an injury to a major player like T.A., Moncada, Abreu, Robert. I think that's over with now. I think we got our one, you know, injury that we could handle. I think we, we can't handle another injury now. Not now. Not now. We, we're extremely too thin for that. Okay, yeah, I kind of agree. I think I do think the bullpen is is probably the strongest unit on the team, um, and that's a good thing. I mean, they'll be able to shorten those games. Hopefully, the offense doesn't have to put up as many runs, um, and hopefully, the starters can you know sometimes get into that seventh inning and give these guys a break. Because I have a feeling, come uh, four and five in that rotation, I know you pick Cease to be uh, your Cy Young, but I'm just hoping he could go five innings consistently. You know. And because uh, I think there's going to be a lot of innings to pick up at the back end of that rotation. And I know that's why Kopech's in there. So hopefully he could do that consistently and get that ball to Crochet and Bummer and Marshall and and uh, Hoyer and uh, Foster. I mean, they got so many guys, I don't know how they're going to fit them all. So, yeah, I think the bullpen definitely is the strongest point. Yeah, I mean, that's why I don't think the, the, the starting pitchers – could handle an injury because, you know, like you said, if Cease can go five innings, that is an improvement, especially over last year. And then, you know, the bullpen, I guess we're going to have a bullpen day with uh, Kopech and uh, Crochet. So, yeah, it, it is kind of thin in that area. I mean, we really depending on our three big horses, which is Dallas, Lynn, and Giolito. You know, if any one of those go, if any one of those guys go down, then we could be in some real, real trouble, man, real quick. So absolutely, because after that, you got Lopez, and then it's like not much. Yeah, yeah uh, Stever, some rookie, I guess. Jonathan yeah. Stever is down there, but I mean, are you going to count on him for a playoff rotation? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can. I mean, the White Sox have to be looking at like. We need to acquire some debt, some debt right now. They have, they have to be looking at bringing in some help. It, at least they should be. But the problem is, like I said, they thin at the prospect level because they're depending on 
their top prospects right now to perform, which is uh, Crochet, Vaughn, and Magical. They need them guys to perform on the major league team. So they really don't have nothing unless they trade like a Jerry Kelly, which White Sox Twitter go crazy, even though they never seen a pitch in a minor league game. <laughs> oh, they hate it. They <laughs> absolutely <know>? hate it. <laughs> but, you know, that's like the only thing they can really, you know, trade when you really look at it. So it's like they stuck in between a, 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 a they stuck in between a, a hard place and a rock, you know. So what what can they really do to you know add depth? It's nothing they re- really can do. It's just they got to roll with what they got now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or pick up spare pieces and hope and pray that they could get good performances out of them. You know. Yeah, that, that would be it. So who do you think going to be the, the the biggest disappointment for the White Sox this year? The biggest disappointment for the White Sox. All right. I've got two that I'm spinning my wheels on, and one of them's a hitter and one of them's a pitcher, and I'm going to go with both of them, okay? All right. For, so for the hitter, I, I don't think it's much of a surprise, but Yon Mankata makes me nervous. I, I just – I saw it in 2019. I saw he's great. I saw flashes, you know, even last year when he struggled, you know, you'd see his beautiful swing and stuff, but man, until he starts putting that together consistently, I don't know. He worries me. He worries me that he's going to come out and hit 245 or 250 and strike out 150 times and, and we just can't have that, especially now with Eloy going down. I, I need Mankata to hit 285, 290. Give me some home runs. Get 30 home runs, you know. Mm-hmm. Reach that promise that has always been there, but you only you only touched it once. You never really grabbed it. You touched it once. Mm-hmm. I need you to grab it this year, Mankata. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the pitching mound, I, I was nervous about this guy when they signed him, and, <laughs> and last year he, he was fucking phenomenal. But Dallas Keuchel, he makes me nervous just because he's the blazing speed. And, you know, his last couple years in the national, well, with the Braves and then the Astros before that, uh, he kind of got hit around a little bit. And last year he, last year he was phenomenal, but I don't know. I, he makes me a little nervous. If I'm going to pick a pitcher, that would be my guy that, that kind of, I'm a little worried about. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he pitches well, but he makes me a little bit nervous going into this year. I could see him getting beat up not not so bad where it's going to be like a six era or something like that but you know just not as dominant as we kind of hope i mean you make a good a a great point with both of those players i'm gonna go with uh vaughn not for the reason that he won't play well i just think the expectations are gonna be so high for him especially with uh eloy going down that people going to think he has to put up Eloy type of numbers because Eloy is, is, is uh, injured. And I think a lot of people going to be disappointed by that, you know. And the thing is, you have to remember, this guy is a rookie. I mean, he's mm-hmm. real raw as far as his level of experience at the professional level. And I think for people to kind of put their hopes on him that, he could be Eloy or, you know, he could help maybe carry the team or something like that. I think people are going to be disappointed. I, I personally think he's going to have a good year, 
If I had to put some numbers on him, I think Vonnie hit like 265, 270. Probably have about 25 bombs and maybe like 75 RBIs, something like that. And I think he'll get his fair amount of doubles too. I mean, because he is a guy that can make, you know, consistent, solid contact. But uh, I think the reason I say he's going to be a disappointment is because White Sox fans' expectations for him are going to be extremely high. They're going to be unfairly high for the guy, you know. Right. I mean, it's uh, I could definitely see that um, you're you're putting a lot on his plate. I know he was a stud in college, but you've seen when Eloy came up, he struggled for the first couple months before he started getting getting going. Uh, you've seen Robert. Last year, he started off hot, and then he kind of struggled. Uh, Anderson was kind of a different story because he didn't have he didn't have the background that Vaughn does as far as being a college stud and all that stuff. But you know, it took him a, a little while to get going. Moncada's another guy; it took him a little while to get going. So none of these guys have come up right away and 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 hit stride. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to ask him to play left field, and that's another thing. And I don't know. I so the, I think your pick is. Legit, man. And I think, like you said, 260, 20 homers, 70 ribbies, something like that is a good year for him for a rookie. Mm-hmm. But people are going to expect better from that. So I think you're right. Yeah, I think, like I say, his expectations is going to be unfairly high. I mean, you have to look at where he is as a player. I mean, what he did professionally was limited, you know, and uh, they throw in a new position at him now. And I know people just think, you know, these guys are robots, but it's a mental aspect to the game of baseball, you know. And for a lot of guys, what happens in the field defensively affects them offensively. So, you know, we got to see, you know, how he feels as far as is he comfortable playing out there in left field? And if he's not comfortable, does it affect him when he's in the uh, batter's box? So it's just a lot of uh, questions. But I personally, like I said, I think the guy is going to have a good year for a rookie. I just don't think he's going to have the year that everybody's expecting him to have. And and that's like being some type of, you know, 300, you know, 300 hitter with 30 bombs and, you know, 100 and some RBIs. I don't I don't see that happening his first year, especially where he's going to be hitting in the lineup. Too as well, you know he's probably gonna be hitting seventh somewhere around there. I definitely think people gonna be upset now because I believe Eaton, this Eloy injury injury definitely moved Eaton up in the lineup. So I think you probably will see Tim Anderson, Eaton, Abreu, and you might see Moncada fourth now, and then probably like a, a Grandel, and then Robert, and then Vaughn, and then uh uh. Magical would be ninth, and I'm trying to think who the, who they slide in the, the uh, eighth spot. But it would it, have to be, uh, you know, Leary. Maybe I don't know who. They oh, Zach Collins. Collins. That's who they. Zach yeah, Collins. Zach Collins. That's who they talking about being the D eight. So yeah, you yeah. know, I don't know if they will put Zach Collins seventh and Vaughn eighth, or I personally think Vaughn is the better hitter. So I will have mm-hmm. Vaughn seventh, and I have Zach eighth. But to me, it kind of messed up the lineup because I, I like having the speed of T.A. and Moncada at the top and the speed of Eden and Magical at the bottom. 
So Absolutely. it kind of messes up the the injury just kind of messes up the lineup as well, you know. Right, for sure, for sure. Um, but I think you're pretty spot on. I I mean, I, I've seen Tony LaRusso manage a lot of games and, and to me, I think Adam Eaton is gonna hit second. And I know people are gonna hate it, but I mean the guy puts the bat on the it's on base. He has some pop. I, I don't know. I he just seems like he's a second place hitter to yeah. me in a Tony LaRusso lineup. I don't see him putting Grandal second. I agree with that one hundred percent. I mean, I would not. I wouldn't put Grandale second. I mean, yeah. the guy is terribly slow. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care how much you get on base. If you if you need a home run to drive you in, you clogging the bases. I mean, so to me, that makes no sense whatsoever to put that slow of a guy in the two spot. I just. I wouldn't do it. I don't care what his OBP could be five hundred. I'm not putting this guy. In the second spot, because this guy runs like a turtle, man. I mean, he he's literally has no speed, you know. So now you're talking about if a guy gets a single, a Braille gets a single, what he not going first to third? Oh, absolutely not. You know, if he's on second, he might not score on a base hit. So I, I would not put that guy at the two spot. It just it makes no sense whatsoever to me when you're looking at the construction of a lineup or putting a lineup together. I wouldn't do it. But, yeah, he he looks fourth or fifth to me all day. But yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would probably I would put him fifth. I would go ahead and put Moncada fourth now, and I have uh, Abreu where he's always been third. I ca- I gotta agree with Larusa now. I gotta have Eaton two, and then uh, Ta one. So I think that's that's probably the best lineup. That the White Sox could put together now and have Collins DH since you're gonna have Vaughn out there in uh, left field. So and and then the only decision is do you hit Vaughn seventh or eighth, or do you hit Collins seventh and eighth or eighth? For my money, I'm putting Vaughn seventh because he strike out less. I mean, uh, Collins is kind of like a strikeout, a home run, or a walk. You know, right. so. And I know people going crazy about the spring training he had, but we, you know, people forget Ingleta- Adam Engel tears up uh, spring training every year. It looks like he's going to be a forty home run guy, but it never happened. So Brian Anderson's all time leader in spring training home runs, I think. And <laughs> he, never, he didn't hit too many in the in the major league season, unless it was against Felix Hernandez. That's the only guy he could hit. Absolutely, you, you got to look at the context. So they they facing guys that they might ne- might not never see in their life, you know, in in spring training. So you know you got to look at all that and, and uh, you know make your decisions based off that, but. Man, the the Eloy injury does hurt, man. It's, it, you really can't sugarcoat it. I mean, there's really no way to hide it. I mean, this guy was a, a premium run-producing type of bat. I mean, he's he fits perfectly, in my opinion, behind Jose Abreu. I mean, that's, that's just, you know, that's kind of like, you know, and I hate to compare anything to the anybody to the big hurt because he's so great, but that's like having the big hurt and Albert Bell. You know, when we had that, you know, them two impact bats in the middle of the order. So it Absolutely. hurts, man. It hurts. You know. Yeah, man. I am with you one hundred percent. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, next week we kick. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they 
get it going. Uh, and, and that pitching staff really becomes dominant. And if that happens, they can eat in this injury, but you know, you're counting on them to stay healthy. I know beef. He always says the white Sox main plan is to stay healthy. Well, that's it again this year. So, <laughs> and it was so unnecessary, man. I mean, it was no reason for him to do what he did. Absolutely none. That was a ball. He never was going to catch. He's not even athletic enough to jump up and catch that ball. I mean, it wasn't even really anywhere near his glove. And then to reach over the wall, what was the purpose of reaching over the wall? It was no, it served no purpose, man. And it's just something that could have been avoided. But unfortunately, this is the situation the White Sox in now because of a bad decision, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh well. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh you got you got anything to say to the people before we uh get out of here, Ken Wu? Yeah, man. Uh I hope you enjoyed the first show. Obviously it was a little, you know, today was a little bit on topic with the main news of the day being Eloy and and a little bit of a season preview. Look like what we got. I still think the Sox are gonna be a good team and I am looking forward to the to continuing with this podcast and hopefully you guys are going to come along with the ride for us. And if not, screw you, you know, <laughs> that's basically all I got to say. How about you, Mac? Absolutely. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the season. I'm ready to go. I'm pumped up. I think the South side should be pumped up. Like I say, it's South side versus everybody. Uh, this should be a fun season. It's the first season in a long time where our expectations were so high. So everybody should be, you know, happy about you know what the possibilities of what could happen and uh this is the first episode of Sox fans with attitude i hope you guys you know continue to join us there you go baby (laughs) you're now listening